Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Coffee Time with Almeida, Wednesday, April 29th. Today we have Rodney Leinhart on with us. Um, and I also want to give a special good morning to the Restaurant Mental Health and Self-Care Group. Uh, we're streaming live there today. And of course, uh, good morning to all of our folks. Um, so, uh, Rodney, oh, what's, what's happening? How are you doing, Mike? Good, oh, how man. are you? I'm about as good as I can be. You know, um, it's quarantine and I'm not prepping something or doing a menu or, you know, kitchen work as we, as we so delicately put it. Um, it's taking some getting used to, like, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought like, you know, Hey, this is going to be cake. I'm used to like living with scraps. I'm a chef, you know, this is what we do. And then like, you realize, well, wait a minute, I'm not clocking in next week or next month, or I don't know what I'm going to clock in. Yeah. You know, and that's to be real. Like that's that's what's going on. Like it's it's it sucks, but trying to make the best that I can with it. You know, um, it's it's definitely it's funny because I, I saw you give an interview a couple of weeks ago, I believe, and uh, you mentioned you're like, well, this COVID thing, an upside to it is like it's actually like forcing me to do the things that I wanted to do. So that's how I got into writing, you know, um, it really is. <clears throat> um, I didn't, you know, obviously no kitchen to go to. I have a computer. I have the ability to do it. And, and so I was re actually reorganizing my bookshelf trying to, I have geckos and I was trying to fit my geckos in there to make it look cool and stuff. And I saw one of, uh, Anthony Bourdain's books, medium raw, you know, and I was like, okay, well, let's see. So, you know, spinning through that, you learn a lot about not only how you view your life mentally, but how you view others people, other people's lives and how they view their lives and vice versa. And that's really important, you know, especially not only in our industry, but in mental health as, as well. You know, it's important in everything. And so I kind of just perused it. I didn't read all of it. I just kind of, you know, read a page, skip a few, read a page, you know, and just kind of, I wanted to, you know, think back to why I bought the book because we've read it. And um, I was like, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I write? You know, why can't I take how I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, and tell other people, like, why don't chefs do this? Why don't people in the industry do this? And so literally just took pen to paper first off, because I don't know why I felt embarrassed to type with no one around. I don't know why. I don't know why. And so I wrote it down first. So I'm scribbling on this page saying, I want to say that. I don't want to say that. And uh, actually doing it. Uh, who would have known, you know, back in like fourth grade in, in my English teacher's class that I would actually be doing that later on in life and enjoying it? Don't ever let her find that out because that's an argument that she would have you know, waited years to win. So, um, <clears throat> Love the class. Love, obviously, I love writing now. I really do. I love cooking. I still do that. Um, you know, I'm we're, we're chefs by trade, man. You know, it, it's it's what we do in the industry. We always have you know ten irons in the fire at a time. You know, and it's what can we do to make that fire bigger so we can put more irons in it? And it's just we constantly have to stay busy because we're you know let's face it, addicts. Every single one of us. Yeah, um, and the whole uh, iron the fire thing—that's like saved my ass a bazillion times. Oh yeah, 
oh, especially now. You know what I mean? Especially now. <laughs> especially now. Especially now. You know, and like, yeah, I'm relying on my um, unemployment for probably for a while. But mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? You know, like, I do websites on the side and like do a bunch of other stuff, and you know, that'll come back somehow. And I definitely have some clients, but you know, I feel like a lot of people, like, I mean as did I gave my heart and soul to the restaurant. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's something that I wanted to point out that I haven't heard anybody say yet. Okay. So, excuse me. I just got done smoking a joint and it was sour diesel. So it's kind of tarry. It's that morning. (laughs) It'll settle. Um, so everybody in the industry is like, Oh, I don't do it for the money, but they all, you can tell those people who do it for the money and oddly weirdly good at what they do you know what hopefully, i mean hopefully well yeah let's, let's face it i've met a lot of chefs a lot of cooks a lot of owners even that say they don't do it for the money but they definitely do you know what i mean and you can tell by what they do let's face it you know i've even said well wait a minute maybe i'm being too harsh being too critical because i'm judging myself not the case at all okay I looked at it from a very open-minded perspective, you know, Hey, what would I do? I've went through every avenue of possibility just to make sure that I'm not being a dick, you know, or, and, and, you know, to solidify or solidify my validity of, you know, what I was talking about or something, you know? And so I just barrel through it mentally kind of, you know, observe, deduce, calculate, figure it out, and then either accept it for, you know, what it is, and move on or just learn from it and move on. You know, I don't look for a negative. And that's the thing. A lot of people put a, a negative spin on, on stuff like at that moment in time, that's, you can't do that because you're going to get a negative outcome. That's just self-fulfilling prophecy. Of course. So, yeah. so then I make it, you know, I make it known. I, I look, I go, okay, why are they doing it then? And then if the only thing left is just money, you got your answer. You know what I mean? You can obviously tell a person when you're looking at the books of a place, you know what I'm saying? The money aspect, you can see what goes where when you're a true chef, you know, when you're executive chef and true chef, you have the overhead. That's numbers are important. Okay. We still live by numbers. That's why chefs thrive in all kinds of different careers after the, if they leave, you know, the industry. I mean, it's, it's true. Um, but the thing is, this has actually taught us who gives, who does it for the money and who doesn't, you know, when you truly don't do it for the money, you know, it's times like these where you're like, not a big deal. I, I can survive this. I've done it before. Cause let's face it. <clears throat> chefs don't make a lot of money. Okay. Unless oh, you yeah, get yeah. lucky, you know, it's uh, you don't get paid enough for what you do. Let me, that's the best way to explain it. You don't get compensated enough for what you do. You know your, your 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 mental worth. You know your physical worth. You know what you can and can't do, and you're learning and, and things like that. But it's the onset of the mental anguish that we we deal with in not getting compensated fairly enough for what we do. And so it's it's everything. As a chef, you're a doctor. You're an accountant. You're a therapist. You're a sister. You're a brother. Um, the list goes on. You're a yeah. chemist. You know, let's go on. You're you're a daycare person. You're, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, hope, hopefully that, not. Hopefully not. But, but. You know. <laughs> well, um, I'm talking about the guest. I'm not talking. I mean, <laughs> oh no, absolutely. It's it's like a, it's like a demented episode of Tiny Toons. If you remember that cartoon growing up, you know oh, what yeah, I mean. So it's 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 terrible. But it's it's definitely shown who's done this for financial uh, or monetary gain versus who actually has a passion for the craft. That's split asunder down the middle now. 
the only issue is, <clears throat> so I read an article, um, and yeah, that's right. Writers read other articles because it's called inspiration. Okay. Of course, of course. Um, I'm not even a writer yet. I, we're, I'm, I'm becoming a writer, but you know, that's the way I view it. I'm always going to look at myself last. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Um, speaking of looking at myself last, uh, shout out to my sous chef, Dave, Dave Ellis. Happy birthday, man. Today's his birthday. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me real quick. You know, that's I love, love that. That's I forget so many birthdays. Uh, I forgot yeah. my own this year. I did. I, I seriously <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm like, you all know, yesterday. You're like, oh, Facebook birthday is yesterday. Oh, it was my birthday yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like, what's going to break first? You know what I mean? Did um, you, when's your birthday? Uh, it was March 12th. Yeah, it was like last oh, month. It was 18th. like the day everything happened. Like, yeah. The night before Corona, you know, da 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 da. The twelfth, everything's fucked. Yeah, I was like, great. On March eighteenth. Oh no, that's yeah. awesome. That's no, crazy. I have another really good friend. That's March eighteenth. That's awesome. So happy, happy birthday to us. Yes, you had we had we had a Corona birthday. Yeah, but a little weird. That sounds like a very bad like <laughs> party that you may or may not want to go to. Oh but, my god. You know, um, but no, it's uh, so. Even before Corona, though, and this is important. Yes. <clears throat> the articles I was reading is that we were already on life support as an industry. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. For okay. long, forever, forever, for a long time. Exactly. And coronavirus just pulled the plug, which is why a great number of people <clears throat> believe into the conspiracy. A great number of people in the industry believe in the conspiracy side of the coronavirus. Okay. Listen. It's there. Some of them make sense. I get it. I see the logical path. Do I believe it personally? It's possible. That's all I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> saying that's that's the way I look at everything. Okay. <clears throat> and they're like, well, how can you be a chef if you can't really make a decision? I mean, you know, believing conspiracy theories and being able to cook and make decisions and being good at my job are two different things. Yeah. You know, entirely. That's what people don't understand. Like, how many people are like living the way they work, if that makes any sense? I mean, yeah, being in the industry is a lifestyle, but it's it's fucking fantastic, man. I mean, how, how every day you go home dripping. You're not dripping in sweat. I mean, a lot of you, a lot of us are, but you're dripping in like that feeling that you're just like, I did an honest day's work with the mindset of a criminal. Like, you know what I mean? We'll take a plate. We'll make it up. We know what it costs to go into it. And then we just mark up the price. You see what I'm saying? What's it going to cost to keep the lights on, basically? And then you add a little bit of inflation and there's your, your food, food plates. Well, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, part of it is that the um, price <coughs> of our meals at the restaurants should have been going up um, exp exponentially over the years. Right? Yes. And, and I, okay. So it's funny you said that because I have said that for the last fucking, I don't know, decade. Um. It's so, you know, I think that's part of it when we come back. Yeah. It's going to be more expensive. It's just going to have to oh, yeah. be, be the way it is, you know, and if and people want to support the restaurant business, I mean, they have that. That's what a lot of people. That's their outlet, right? They go to restaurants, oh, yeah. they go out to eat. They have all their mm -hmm. favorite places, you know, and unfortunately, it's going to be more expensive when we go back. But the uh, fact of the matter is it should have been more expensive for a long time. Here's what I think. OK, so it's funny you should mention that um, just from a numbers guy. Um, I honestly think that they shouldn't have given us the $1,200 stimulus. Here's why. So right now, the value of a dollar bill versus getting paid via PayPal 
I mean, come on, really? One's instant, one we have to carry around. Mm-hmm. You see my point? Yeah. We're going to a digital currency. Digital currency is worth more than the actual, you know, te- legal tender that we have there. You know, and so it's really interesting. But at the same time, everybody lo- loves the feeling of that fabric. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So that being said, why wouldn't instead of you know, stimulating the economy like they said they would and sending everybody twelve hundred bucks, why didn't you just reset the credit? Oh yeah. If you reset the credit score for anybody under seven fifty to seven fifty, and then leave everybody else alone, because let's face it, they've they've done something. To yeah. over, you know, they, they've done it. They're, they're, you can be really great at it. Don't get me wrong. But my point is, if you would have done that, that would have re-stimulated, would have you know, bought more. People would have been able to take out small business loans that they could have repaid because of increasing the prices and things like that. Okay. Yeah. They could have taken out the loans they needed to save their fucking restaurants. Yeah. Well, we could jump down a rabbit hole right now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. like, um, But it's, it's there. Yeah. Um, it There's... Definitely, a lot of things that should be could be done to help everybody out, and you know, and hopefully, we're not going to see a bunch of restaurants get, uh, you know, erased. But it's already starting to happen. We have actually a question kind of leads into that. Uh, uh, okay. Adam Rucker, he says, "Hi, Chef. Uh, anything to talk about okay. regarding reopening slash starting anew?" Okay, one more time. I heard half of it. Sorry. Oh, uh, he wants to know if you have any yep. thoughts about re uh, regarding reopening and starting new. Okay. Yes, I do. Um, I, I'm a chef. I have thoughts about everything. I have asshole opinions and remarks about everything. That's what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Um, so when we restart, it's not going to be, it's going to be one of two things, one of two things. And this is really the two possibilities that I see. I see we're either going to hit the ground running as fast as we fucking can. It, it, as quick as we can. I'm thinking, remember Beavis and Butthead when they were in the back of the car, jacking it up and they did jump out. Yeah. If you don't jump out and run really fast, you're going to tumble. It's going to hurt. You're going to yeah. fall flat in your face. Or we're going to start out, you know, basically tiptoeing through the two loves. Now, there's already restaurants that I'm hearing about um, through the mental health group, through just all brands of social media. Um, I didn't really know that once you put articles out there, people read them. That makes you a public image. Didn't know that. Maybe wouldn't have done it. I'm joking. I love it. Um, it's it's awesome, but I gotta be careful what I say and do. Um, tiptoeing through the tulips. I've heard about a lot of restaurants reopening <clears throat> to a fraction of the size. So if they're holding sixty tables now, they can only do like ten or fourteen. And apparently, and they got, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but apparently right. the uh, capacity includes your staff. Yeah. Yep. No, that's yep. That's exactly what I was gonna say too. So, including your own staff, your limited capacity. You can't, that, that's, that right there, no one's going to make any money. You're not going to, unless you're charging almost triple for a plate of food at that. You still run the risk of, okay, what if my restaurant's still infected or somebody gets infected in my restaurant, even with these statues in place? I'm still liable. You know, how, what, that's where the gray area is. That's why Target and everybody's like, put the mask on before you come in. I've, I've literally seen people turned away because they weren't wearing masks. Oh, and I, here yet. it is here. That, it, it totally is here in Michigan. Um, it's, I went grocery shopping yesterday. I used to love grocery shopping, especially when I'm high. I'll walk Dude. in there and be like, this is great. No one knows I'm, wait, everyone knows I'm high. And it, 
you know, it's a game. And then you forget half the shit you actually went in there for. No, um, it was, it, it, it hurts to see, man. I've played these games too. I've played Resident Evil. I've played Dawn of the Day. You know, I love zombies. That's, that's, that's what I grew up with, but it's not cool when it's happening in real time, man. It's not cool. It like really makes you think, you know, what am I going to, how am I going to, holy shit. It, it really does. It makes you think you're like, dude, I got kids, you know, I've got responsibilities. You're put into the position where everything is falling down around you seemingly. And then you still have to live the life that your parents lived because you've witnessed, you know, your grandparents and things like that. So it's coming down the line. You've got to be a grown up basically. And now it's even fucking harder because you can't go out and buy, you know, as much milk as you want or, or, you know, limited meat. Like it's, it's seriously like you can have, you can only buy so much milk. You can only buy so many eggs. You can only buy so much this and so much that. And I'm like, something's fucky here. Like, so wait, are not, they actually limiting that at the grocery stores? Yes. Oh shit. Yes. They're not doing that. Here. I will. I should have taken pictures, honestly, but I will, I will show you pictures. It's, uh, it's really messed up. I don't think a lot of people pay attention to it. I'm not, because I, you know, I think it was, and don't quote me on this because I don't remember the sign, but I do remember it saying something. It said something along the lines of only two gallons of milk per customer or something like that. Okay. And I saw one guy with three in it and I'm not going to say anything. I don't care. I'm just saying I saw a guy with three instead of two. So did he see the sign? Did he not? Who cares? Who knows? He's not hurting anybody. If he's going to drink it, drink it. I'd rather him buy three than us dumping it out. Hey, I'd rather have him pay attention to the arrow on the floor than not the three milk oh, sign. Right? <laughs> oh, man. He was wearing a ventilator, and his is nicer than mine. I actually, uh, my girlfriend's in healthcare, and she had a patient come in, and they made all a bunch of masks. And she goes, yeah, she just bun- brought in a bunch of them. Well, it's awesome because I got a neat little uh, Star Wars one with, like, the color of Yoda on the inside. Oh, so it's badass. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and then I'm she got Harry Potter. You did. You did what? I, I, I'm so, I'm so, I said I'm still wearing a diaper on my face. No. 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 No, dude. Give me your address. I'll send you a. You want Star Wars? Oh, if you got one, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I, so the lady who puts my um, name in my chef coats, she literally lives around the corner, and she makes these. Oh, nice. Like she'll go. She she'll go to her basement, and she's got just rolls. It looks like a, a, like a Chinese like fabric shop down there. It's a, an amazing setup, but it's like. Um, where's the little kids is what I was like, who's making your stuff? Cause I know you're not just cranking out these, you know, masks and she does too. So a couple hundred masks, she just goes and gives them to the hospital here locally. She goes into, a, you know, whoever needs them. She's got this little like duffel bag. It's an old computer bag. She cut the top off of, oh, and she cool. just stuffs them full and gives them to people in Ziplocs. It's neat. That's really awesome. It's crazy. Like the, how people are stepping up, you know? Oh yeah. In, in their own way. You know, it's, um, it's good. It's good. It shows the human nature side of people. It shows that they're, it shows people give a shit. Yeah. You know, not just because they're forced to, but because they want to. And that's the best kind. Um, and on the flip side, let's talk about all the people who have just vanished. Yeah. Then that's what I said. So you either do it for the money vanishing or you do it because you're just a good person, you know, and that's your passion. So do you like philosophy at all? Sure, sure. Okay. So you're familiar with Immanuel Kant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not Kant, not Kant, Kant. Um, 
it's a philosophy joke. Sorry. Uh, at least it wasn't my college. <laughs> so I got very lucky. I, you know, I got very lucky to go to college. I really did. Um, I put myself through college, you know, so it's nothing against anybody. It's just with what happened, that's what you have to do. Um, trust me, my student loan debt says I probably shouldn't have done it, but I at least paid attention to this. So Immanuel Kant <clears throat> said, it's a theory of man, I believe it was. He said that if you do something good, but expect something in return, that makes you a bad person. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you do something good just for the sake of doing something good, that makes you a good person. Right there. That's it doesn't get any more black and white. You know, no one's forcing you to make a decision, but just make sure you know kind of where your heart and your emotions and your head lies. Because if you don't, that's going to create chaos. You're not going to have that balance. You know what I mean? Is there <clears throat> bad shit that I've done in my life? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of bad shit. I, dude, I, four years, almost five years sober, alcohol free, you know, cannabis literally changed my life. It, it absolutely 100% did. When I looked at the medicinal side of it, when I was given the information, I was like, well, they didn't just make this up, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not an idiot. If I find one source on the internet, I'm going to look for a few more like I do with a recipe and then figure out what they're all saying together and that's pretty, you know, generally the truth. You know, it's it's it is what it is. It's worked out thus far. So, you know, I looked at it and uh yeah, it helped me through my sobriety. It, it actually did. You know, it helped me a lot more. They were putting I, I couldn't sleep for shit. They were putting me in Valium. Um, they put me on Zoloft, um, Boost Par for a mood. Just, dude, you name it. I had a script for it. Seriously. And then I got to the point where uh, a doctor was just, I was, he was like, dude, off the record, smoke a fucking joint. Smoke a joint before you go to bed. and You're, you're going to sleep great. He's like, I, mm -hmm. I can't do anything for you. And I'm a little pretty frustrated and argued with that guy for about a week in my head. <clears throat> then one night... I asked my roommate at the time, I was like, dude, how much for a joint? Because I know he smoked, you know, I know he had it. <clears throat> and he's like, here, don't even worry about it. I'd rather you use this to get through your sobriety. He was really supportive. He really was. And I was like, this is weird, but all right, cool. And so I smoked it. And that's literally the best goddamn sleep I've ever gotten. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And I have to smoke before I go to sleep now. Otherwise, I don't sleep, you know, the four hours that I need to. <sighs> so... I'm still only sleeping four hours. That's the thing. Like I might lie in bed and like, you know, I've counted a few things in my room to try and go back to sleep. I won't lie. Oh yeah. I, I sleep like a mofo, dude. I'm laying down. I'm out for like eight hours. I don't know what it is. Can't do it. Mm -mm. Lucky. I mean, I'm also ADD, so that really doesn't help, you know, but it's, I look at it this way. No, man, I, I've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on coffee time without me that's big <laughs> news, man. You know, <laughs> I don't care about a three letter network. Like this is this, this right here, this intimacy, this, this, you know, I love it. this, I this love is it. the future of what we do. You know, you know what I mean, baby? Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, you're proud to do it. You're proud to be a part of it. It makes you feel good. You're doing something for the better. If you can drink coffee and smoke weed, what, who wouldn't want it? No, that's yes. I am about to snoop dog my way through life right now. Let's do this. Like, come on. <laughs> now we got the chance, you know? Um, but no, it's really awesome. Like I'm, I'm working on this. I'm running the restaurant, mental health, self care. Uh, I got some big stuff planned for them. They just don't know it yet. Um, I'm working on creating a, 
uh, cooking with cannabis segment for Disrupt America. So that's going to be pretty neat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm working on creating another segment for a local streamcasting uh, channel because they heard about it all. So that's going to be pretty neat. I'm also writing a book and I run story on the pass and I'm a knife brand investor, uh, a brand ambassador and investor because trust me, chef knives are crazy. People are always like, hey, take a picture with it. I'm like, sure. All right. Hang on. What kind of picture? And then they just don't talk to me. So it's just like, great. I'll just bombard you with pictures then. And but for the most part, like everything's really cool. Uh, I cook with CBD and, you know, THC. I make my own brand of hot sauce and, you know, dude, running podcasts. Like it's, I'm sorry, that's busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I, I feel like I'm pretty busy right now. Myself, yeah. you know, and I but it's good though. Here. It yeah. feels good though. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, I, I can't imagine just sitting around um, and just kind of waiting for this to be over because then, then what? Yeah. You know, it, and- it, but here's, here's what we have to do. We have to remain vigilant and keep doing what we're fucking doing. Fact. Yes. You know what I mean? Whatever that may be, you know, me, this is what I, you know, next five-year plan. I would love to take, you know, the idea of a cooking with cannabis show worldwide because dude, real talk food and cannabis are both silent languages. You can set down a plate of food in front of somebody. You're not going to argue with them. You share that plate of meal with them. They're going to shut the fuck up. You guys are going to walk away, you know, yeah, at least talking a little bit. At least, like, you like, you, at least you both like the food. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's a story. It's a silent language, and it doesn't matter what language you speak. Mm-hmm. Same with cannabis. Okay, you either lay it down. Someone's like, "Yeah, maybe not." Okay, you're gonna figure out, you know, who's cool real quick. You know, what <laughs> I mean? at the same time, I just watched an old interview between Snoop Dogg and Kathy Bates, and at the beginning, you know, obviously she was sober. She was kind of like, "I hope this isn't gonna embarrass me. Like, am I gonna do something stupid on this show?" And I get it. Because you don't really know, you know, you don't cross paths with these people in your life. You're like, hey, what's you're putting that vibe out there? But once she, uh, once she got a little a couple, you know, air puffs in her, she's not mm-hmm. loose, and that's the point. It's yeah. that 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 moment right there that people love when you just let loose, relax. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. Uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, I'm a huge fan of ASMR on mm-hmm. uh, YouTube. I've been a huge fan since 2012. It's nothing sexual. It's nothing weird. It's just these, it's a te- uh, autonomous serotonin meridian response. I, I looked into it. It's actually, it's called tingles. It helps you relax and lowers your blood plus pressure statistically. I slept on the cuff one night and went and spent 50 bucks on a digital one just to see if it told the truth. I'm out 50 bucks and they were telling the truth. But the fact of the matter is like, you know, it's a thing for a reason. So I'm into it. And uh, I would love to get into some cooking ASMR, but that's down the road for me. I, I now I'm working with producers. I'm working with editors. I'm working with screenplay or like screenplay. It's, it's, it's cool. I'm like beginning to live my dream. My dream is to have a cooking show that goes around the world that talks about the silent language that cannabis and food is. And then infusing the two, I'm telling you, man, infusing, you know, cannabis into food is literally going to be the future of our food. I don't care about dipping dots. I don't care about molecular gastronomy. I don't care about, you know, uh, foams. Those are great. That's cool. They're edgy. You tweaked it. Awesome. But it's not sustainable. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. However, putting weed into food can create sustainability. Think about it. You wake up, we talked about it earlier. You wake up, you're cracking like a light stick. You're like, this sucks. Like, what's going on? What if you could eat? Whatever it is you wanted for breakfast, 
a muffin, a banana, something that's infused. And then in about 15, 20 minutes, maybe half hour, depending on, you know, personal digestion, you're like, dude, I feel that that is that's the future of, of food. I'm sorry. You're, you're going to pop a pill. No, I mean, come on. Ibuprofen only goes so far and it's killing you from the inside out. Yeah. Not good for you. Not good for you. Any, any liver, your kidneys. Yeah. I'm telling you though, putting cannabis in food is the future of food. That's just it. I mean, that's great. Think about it. All right. You do a shrimp and grits one night. You got the fennel seed there, whole guard. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see it. It's amazing. I got the idea from Sean Brock. He's an amazing chef. Fucking amazing chef. So you take Sean Brock's entire, you know, uh, cookbook, South or Heritage, pick one, and you add cannabis to it. Holy shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be amazing. Like, it's, it's, I've done it. I've yeah. done it. I, I filmed that segment on uh, Disrupt America with the ex Benedict infused with CBD, 500 milligrams of CBD. Everybody, dude, everybody called me and was like, yo, that shit was banging. I felt great. Like, I took a nap. I don't usually nap. You can nap during quarantine. When you wake up from a nap, you're like, let's do 59 things all at the same time. Like, I feel yeah. great. That's my point, future of food. Um, do you have any advice for these folks out there who are uh, <clears throat> kind of just kind of waiting it out and kind of freaking out a little bit? Yeah, I do. Uh, listen, we're all a band of miscreants. All right. We're all a band of misfits. Listen, uh, we're tough. We're vigilant. We've got, you know, tenacity. The wolf pack will find you. I'll tell you that, you know, lone wolves are strong, but they're stronger in a pack. I can tell you that from personal experience. You know, I know it seems desolate. I know it seems, you know, a very depraved situation, but you've got to remain vigilant. <clears throat> we are coming. We are coming to help you. Like that's going, we're, you know, we're separated by a wall. We're figuring out how to get over the wall. It's that's all it is. And when we're over the wall, it's we're going to look back on it as a hurdle. It's not. It's it's a problem now, yes, but we're getting there. I know people right now that are still in the trenches, slinging, you know, Chick-fil-A. I was driving by Chick-fil-A yesterday on my way to Meyer, which is a grocery store chain up here, and it's in the parking lot. I couldn't leave the normal way because Chick-fil-A's drive-through, dude, I, at least 100 cars. Oh, I'm yeah. not even joking. It's crazy. And um, I'm... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I know a lot of people slinging pizza like crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got some, you know, chef friends who are uh, fucking great at what they do. All right. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I would love to do like food reviews for a show or something like that and kind of put like a, a new age flavor on it. You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> tattoos and, you know, tattered restaurants. I don't know if I can call it something, something cool, but, you know. <laughs> They're slinging pies now, man. But at the same time, they're making more money slinging pies. Yeah. You know, a lot of them, and I don't know whatever, you know, you can't from me saying this, but a lot of them are working under the table right now. You know what I mean? Uh, just to have some money. And that's just it. Like, well, you got to do what you got to do. You know, I get you it. Just got to do what you got to do because we have to save the money it. too right now because we don't know what's going to happen in like a, right. a month from now. Right. Because here's the thing unemployment, as soon as that hit for Michigan, Dude, it was like it was like shit against a wall. Not everybody, you know, it, it was terrible. It, it crashes the site daily. You know what I mean? And so it's I, I don't really put my faith into a system that that failed. 
I'm sorry. Like yeah. it failed. Like it's, it's, we were on life support anyway. So we're coming back from this. We're going to come back strong. Uh, it's going to be taked out for a while until they like lift the bands on shit and things like that. So let's six months, six months, six more months of takeout possibly. Uh, I'm not saying this will last for six months. I'm just saying it's going to, it's going to be a slow road. So I don't think we're going to hit the ground running. I think some places may because of just demand and, you know, their governors and the situations. But I honestly think that Michigan uh, is going to, it's going to be a slow crawl back. Yeah. Same, same message. That's for sure. So, I mean, it's, we're going to get there. We're coming to you. Hold it down. Please leave the back, the porch light on because listen, it's dark where we're at. You know what I'm saying? We're in dark places here. We need that light at the end of the tunnel. Leave that back porch door open because here we come. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to see how everything evolves. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, and we're going to come back stronger. And hopefully we can fix some broken ship. We're going to try. It's going to make us, I ho- hopefully, you know. I mean, we're forced to now. You know, if yeah. we don't, then, I mean, it's it's it, we're kind of screwed. We would be stupid not to. You understand? Yeah. Mistakes are okay to be made, no matter the mistakes sometimes. Um, as long as you learn from it, you understand? Um, and with that being said, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely put a lot of things into perspective for a lot of people. A lot of people have sadly left the industry, uh, whether you want to question the, the probability of their passion versus their profit, it is what it is. Mm. Um, and they'll come back if they're truly passionate. I know some people right now are killing it though, because they were in a private sector. You know, I know private bakers and, you know, private caterers who are killing it because they're doing family meals, which I fucking love, you know, get your money, you know, get it you know if if <laughs> you know what i'm saying get your money but make sure you know you you're giving back to people i know for a fact a couple of those companies have had to hire additional employees and that's good but at the same time like why am i not getting any cake like that's where that's at you know it's just i'm busy man you know and i love cooking i do i cook every night i do uh, my girlfriend is very lucky yet not very lucky at the same time she does not <laughs> like it to be in the kitchen with me at all um i love her to death she is a good cook i can say that right now i my palate i I have a very trained palate you know uh, you grow up as a chef you know with the kitchen raising you your entire life um you study food you look at people like anthony bourdain gordon ramsay guy fieri all of these people who work with food every day and you're like what makes them special you know better than me you know what i mean I pointed out six things you've done wrong, but that doesn't make me you know, special. What are they doing? You know, mm. and I've actually figured it out. The only thing that they're doing different, they had a dream, they had a concept and they never stopped working towards it. Yeah. I honestly think, I'm sorry. They're banging down the doors constantly. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's, you know, uh, I quit the kitchen for about a year. Actually, I had a fight with a girlfriend who was my manager uh, she was the GM of the entire building and I was dating her and I was the chef. I mean, that's, that's how it fucking goes, man. <laughs> and we had a huge fight. I, you know, put in my two weeks and quit, went to a different, you know, uh, company and it was double the pay, this and that and the other. And it was literally knocking on doors and asking people, you know, to sign up for this, this and that and the other. I worked on commission, but I made pretty good fucking money. So I was like, this is cool. And then one day my friend's like, hey, man, uh, do you work weekends? And I was like, no, why? Because, you know, he just noticed with my social media. I was like, no, why? He's like, bro, we really need somebody to cover 
you know, the chef's down. He's like, I will pay you, you know, $25 an hour to come and just work the line for these couple, you know, <clears throat> for the couple of days. I was like, what shifts? Well, you didn't tell me it was damn near 20 hours, but $25 an hour, 20 hours. That's good fucking money. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll take that. So I was in there for literally two hours and I was like, I got to quit my other job. And the cool thing is I got to walk in that, into that position. I mean, I, you know, he had to take some money off that per hour because he was officially bringing me on and I got that, but mm. it is what it is in the end. It sucked me right back in. And I was like, I'm never leaving again. So I'm going to do what I got to do to, you know, not only help people, but help myself and kind of just keep cooking, man. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, we got to get going. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, real quick, yeah, you have a podcast or you have a uh, binge watch? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, uh, I'm a content writer for uh, storyonthepast.com. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those simple things where it's, you know, it's a bunch of different reasons and why chefs make the, the, the one special, you know, everybody's got that question. Hey chef, what's your favorite thing to make? Well, you read my fucking website. It'll tell you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so chefs all around the world. It's, you know, you know, like scallop and squid ink risotto, you know, Canadian scallops, carne salsa de tamala. You know, stuff like that. Like, it's it's all these chefs around the world getting the clout that they deserve. Uh, my boy Ruben is on there. We just did one with him. He's from L.A., but he's actually the chef of the Cowboys now, so that's pretty dope. Oh, um, there's a podcast I did with the other guy, Billy, who started it. We did the podcast, and he goes, dude, uh, you're a writer, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to write some content? I'm like, cool. So I'm also working on that. But, yeah, definitely check it out. It's storyonthepast.com slash podcast um make sure you leave some terrible comments for me there because that's uh i love i love haters yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome dude well hey I'll, I'll catch up with you later on today i'm sure all right man for sure i'll talk to you uh, soon all right, cool. thank you just have you have you hang on one second don't 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 go anywhere yet no cool. worries all right so we're just gonna i'm just gonna sign off and we're gonna roll we're gonna roll a clip so uh hey folks thanks so much for uh, for watching us today on uh, coffee time with almeida and chef and writer or ronnie leinhardt here Coffee time without meetup.